0: I hope you guys have had a good weekend. And uh, if you've had a good weekend, wave at me. If not, just frown. Okay, some of you frowning. Uh, I hope you did have a, a restful weekend. And I know some people are enjoying uh, the lake right now. And let's just say we're we're mad at those people, right? Um, and it's always good to have a friend with a boat, is what, what I say. Uh, we've had a good week at the Tomboli Casa. Um, summer is here. Can I get an amen? Which means the grass is growing, all right? And we got to mow the grass here. We got to mow the grass in a lot of places, and it's time to get outside. We've been enjoying the parks and snow cones. Has anybody had a snow cone yet? I need to know where the good snow cone stands are. And uh, we've been going to the park, and we've been having a great time We officially discovered what I believe is the best pizza in Northwest Arkansas. We had Pizzeria Ruby, and uh, I'm just going to tell you, if you haven't had it, just go bless yourself, okay? You're going to wait about four and a half hours, but it's great, okay? Um, It's really good, and my son, Zane... Uh, Has officially discovered what money is, okay? And he doesn't call it money, he calls it my coins, okay? He's like, my coins, I want my coins. And I've been trying to teach him, you know, and, uh, you know, you gotta work for this money and then you can buy things. He's gonna be doing chores soon. And uh, he says, Daddy, I want my coins. And I'm like, Son, you're going to have to get a my job, okay? And, uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure yesterday when we were at the park, he ate a penny. Don't tell Kendra. She's back serving in uh, Little Life. He, I think he ate a penny. Um, it disappeared, and he told me he was feeling a little uncomfortable. So um, y'all pray for him. That's not how to increase your net worth, okay? Um, We just got out of the family series, and it was a a great time. We talked about a variety of things, and I just want to recap last Sunday. We talked about the blessing of an honest evaluation. We talked about the power of looking in the mirror and the fact that the mirror doesn't have a choice but to tell what? The truth. Okay, We talked about the mirror of myself being honest with ourselves, the mirror of a mentor. This is pursuing godly counsel in our life. And the mirror of the word of God. Anybody thankful for the word of God today? I am thankful for the word. This is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we talked about the mirror of my past. This is the rearview mirror. And that we are not supposed to stare in that mirror, but we're supposed to press on towards what God has called us heavenward. This is what we are doing. And that message, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, I highly encourage you to go listen to it on YouTube. That sets up today perfectly for this summer. Because an honest evaluation, it always leads to more dependence on Jesus. Because you realize how much you need more of him and how much we need less of who? ourselves, okay? It leads us to an understanding that we need to become more like Christ every day. It leads us to walking in God's call on our lives, and it leads us to not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our what? Our minds, and we can only do that through the Word of God and His Spirit. An honest evaluation, it leads us to what we talked about last week, which is sanctification. This is this churchy fancy word, and it means that you are taking steps becoming more like Christ every day. Because the pure reflection of oneself always shows the impurities that rise to the surface if you have an honest evaluation. I love how Michelangelo put it—not the um, the Ninja Turtle, the other guy. Uh, Michelangelo, the artist. He's one of the greatest artists, and he was a, he sculpted things. He would make things. Out of stone. He has a very uh, awesome way to put things into context. He understood what it meant to be a work in progress because he would take a lot of time chipping away at marble, which I don't know if you've ever tried to do that, but it takes a long time to do it. And he worked with heavy stone. He would chip away and hammer away at the stone, wash it and and polish it and carve it, and he would create something out of nothing. I love these quotes. He said, I see the angel in the stone, and, and I carve it until I set him free. This is what he said. I love this. Every block of stone has a masterpiece inside of it. It is the task of the sculptor to discover it. Today, I want to speak a message that's entitled, A Work in Progress. Go ahead and write that down if you're taking notes today. If you don't have anything to write with or write on, write it on your neighbor. Um, A Work in Progress. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you look like a work in progress, okay? (laughs) If you just told a stranger that, okay, we're going to pray for you. Did you know that God desires for you to be a work in progress? to change and to progress into the image of Christ, to grow, to be chipped away. This is the chipping away of who I once was, and with every swing of the hammer and the chisel, becoming more like Christ. And I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page today, because even up to this point, after an honest evaluation, I believe that some of us, we can still be in a place where we feel like we have arrived at our destination, and we no longer need to grow. I've become all that I can be. I've seen all that I can see. I've done all that I can do, and and we just arrived. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says some pretty bold things in the Word. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, that's pretty easy. I, I think I could do that. But love your enemies. Everybody say, oh, plot twist, okay? Do good to those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. When someone slaps you upside your head, give them the other side of your head, okay? It says when someone steals your jacket, give them your shirt. Be mean, or not be mean, be kind to mean people. Be mean today, okay? (laughs) Be gracious to the wicked. If you love those who love you, what good is that? Because even the pagans do that. And so today, what does that mean? That means that all of us can grow in these areas. I don't know about you, but I need change in my life. This shows that we need to grow in our love for people, but to grow in the way that we love people, we have to grow in our love and affection for God first. To hear what God is calling you to do, you've got to get really close to him, and that's our goal this summer. We're going to be studying the book of Matthew all summer, starting next week. It's going to be great. It says in Psalm 92, verse 12, That the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. Planted where? In the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. God is not done with you yet they will stay fresh and green Luke 8 I love this all of this is about growth the, the seed fell among the thorns and it stands for those who hear the word but then they go on their way and they're choked out by the life's worries and riches and pleasures and they they what they they do not mature have you ever met somebody that just didn't mature okay they just didn't grow up or don't be looking at people in the room okay that's getting trouble they they You've got to take the word, it says, but the seed on good soil, which is your heart, it stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. Colossians 2, it says, so then just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. This is a process. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I want to read one more from Colossians chapter one. It says so that you may live a life worthy of the calling that you have received, bearing fruit in every good work in what growing in the knowledge of God. We all need to grow. We all need to mature in our walk with God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever been in the middle of doing something? Maybe you were creating something or you were building something or you were doing something and, and someone walks up while you're in the process of doing whatever it is that you're doing and they are trying to figure it out, figure out what you're working on. Have y'all had this happen to you? You may be building, whatever it may be. You're on a job or and, and they're trying to figure out there's stuff laying around. There, there's a mess. What they are looking at is an unfinished work of art okay now some of you this is this is what your golf game looks like okay it's an unfinished work of art okay it's just ongoing this is for some of you it's your jump shot that's my jump shot it's not that good but for some of us it's our marriage it's our home it's our family life it's our our walk with god it's an, it's in the process and I just wanna say this to preface this entire message that some of us here today, actually all of us here today, need to get very confident and very comfortable with saying this phrase, I am a work in progress. What you see is what you get, but it's not always gonna be this way. God is doing something on the inside of me. He's not finished with me yet. I'm still in process, I'm a work in progress. You know. One thing I have learned about growing up in the Bible Belt, which is where we live, is that a lot of people feel like they have to have it all together. And I've said it and I'll say it again. If that is you, I want to encourage you that you do not have to have it all together. God wants you to take steps to grow in Him, I went to someone's house this week. I'm not going to say their name. They may be here this morning. Uh, we went and had dinner, Kendra and I, with a couple, and uh, we loved them, and they cooked some incredible food. It was awesome. But on the way to their house, we received a text, and they're going to laugh when they hear this eventually. Uh, and it said this. Some of you have sent this text or received this text. It says, when you get here, please don't judge us, which is kind of I'm like, man, that's like, you know, being a pastor, sometimes people think we're always just judging people. It's not what we do. Like, don't judge us. We have kids, and our house is what? Messy, okay? Somebody said a dump. <laughs> our house is messy. And, and you know, uh, we, before moving to northwest Arkansas, we were renovating our home, and I highly don't recommend that um, unless God just calls you to do it. And, um, you know, we, we were flipping this house, and, y'all, we changed everything. We ch- it, it did not go like the TV shows. We thought it would. And uh, many of my mentors all during that process, which was two years, by the way, uh, they would constantly check in on my marriage. And I never could figure out why, because when you renovate a home, your, your marriage gets flipped as well. OK, so there was a lot of controversy. There was w- wars and rumors of wars in the Tomboli home. And uh, I would do things. I would do a project one way. And my wife would be like, that's not what we talked about. Right. And so we were flipping this house and our whole goal was to be able to flip it, live in it for two years, and sell it and pay off all of our debt. And then eventually we would be able to move to a city and either plant a church or pastor a church. And by God's grace, all of that happened. Okay? But I underestimated how much work went into what we did. Okay? Every light fixture, every appliance, every ceiling, every floor, every little detail, every tree in the yard, every speck of grass outside, every paint, everything, the attic, the kitchen, the bathrooms, walls being torn down and rebuilt. And and your boy did a lot of it. 95% YouTube is your best friend, okay? And uh, just hope we don't get an inspection. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. and, And one of my biggest mistakes was starting a bunch of projects at the same time. Okay, And if you've ever uh, worked on your house or you got motivated by watching HGTV, um, you started a bunch of projects and then you realized this is going to take a lot longer than I thought. And that's what I did. There was little piles around the house, all over the house. There was a pile here, a pile there. It was a flooring job over here. I was scraping ceilings over here. I was painting over here. I was putting a a light in and a fan in. We were trying to get shingles fixed over here. and, And there was stuff everywhere. And I did all of this while having a son who thinks he's a dinosaur, a wife who wants to kill me, and a newborn baby, okay? I don't recommend it. It's not for the faint of heart. We, we love to have people in our home, and every time people would come in, what do you think I had to preface? I had to preface, hey, we're in the middle of a remodel, and so just close your eyes the entire time, you know? <laughs> we're in the middle of a remodel, and this, this thing is a work in progress. It's a work in progress. What you see right now is not what this thing will look like. So I always felt justified because I would get the before pictures and I would show I'd be like, this is what it's going to look like. though. Just trust me. Just trust me. I need to post those. It's a work in progress. It may not look like it right now, but it's going to be beautiful someday. And, And I think that the before and after pictures always tell such a great story. The same could be said about this church. That what you see right now is not what you will see next year. That this thing is a work in progress. From the pastor (laughs) all the way to the serve teams, to the connect teams, to, to connect class, our kids ministry, to youth ministry. From the parking lot all the way to the back of this church. This place is a what? It is a work in progress. The same could be said about you. That you're a work in progress. That there is things that are going on in your life that may look messy right now, but God sees that it's a work in progress. This is what I've learned is that man sees a mess, God sees a masterpiece. Man sees the outward appearance and God looks at what? We talked about it last week. He looks at your heart. I'm taking steps every single day growing in my relationship with God. This is my prayer this summer is that we would grow closer To him, I love Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. I want you to write it down. If you didn't write it down earlier, I am a work in progress. Say it with me. A work in progress. Y'all wake up. It's Memorial Day weekend. A work in progress. Okay, y'all are alive. Kids, next time you get in trouble. If there's kids in here, just tell your parents. Say, hey, I'm a work in progress, baby. (laughs) Parents, next time you blow it, parenting your kids, tell them, hey, I'm a work in progress. Married couples, you already know what I'm about to say. And it's probably going to get you slapped, all right? (laughs) I'm a work in progress. Adults, when you get reprimanded at work, don't tell them what your pastor said. Don't be blaming it on me, okay? I'm a work in progress. Something about just saying those words. Takes the pressure off of you feeling like you've got to dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and get everything right. I'm a work in progress. It's okay to be under construction, but it is not okay to not be in progress, to not be in the process of growing. What does progress mean? It means to move forward, it means that I'm moving onward. It's onward, forward movement to a destination. The opposite of progress is regress. This is what's happened with my hairline the last couple years, okay? It it is moving backwards. It's not just a halt. When you regress, you move backwards. And this is what we know about living for God. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. There is no neutral. So which way am I going? 1 Peter 2, what we read earlier, it says, therefore, what it's referring to is chapter 1. And it says that the... People and humans are like grass. Their glory is like the flowers of the field and the grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is what it says. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave. Everybody say crave. It's a very important word, crave uh, pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Write this down, out with the old and in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. I love the way that uh, another translation puts it. It says, so clean your house. (laughs) Okay. Make a clean sweep of all the things that need to be removed. Later in the verse, it says, friends, this world is not your home. So do not make yourselves cozy in it. That's so good. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Out with the old and in with the new. Who in here loves cleaning their house like you? Okay. Raise it. Be bold. Okay. Because all of us, are. we want to be like you someday. Um Who does not like cleaning their house? More hands are going in, (laughs) okay? In the sound booth, raising their hands. I like a clean house. I do not like the process of a clean house, okay? Is anybody tracking with me? I like to have a clean house. I don't like to do all of the work. Now, my wife, Kendra, she makes me, I repeat, she makes me, Clean out my closet occasionally. Anybody have to clean out their closet? Okay, you got to pull stuff off. Recently, I got some new shirts. Um, and, And by new, they were used, but they were new for me. So I got some new shirts, and I got 10 shirts. And Kendra told me, babe, there's no hangers available, and so you need to find 10 old shirts and what? Take them off the hanger, and you need to put them in a bag and you need to get rid of those t shirts that you've wore your entire life, Seth. Okay, this is, I'm just telling, being honest today, confessing and being healed. And so I'm like, okay, so I go in my closet, and this is this week, this happened this week. And I, I go in there, and, and you know, I, I like to hold on to things. A lot of things have sentimental value, okay? Anybody in here, like, I have t shirts, I look, and they bring back memories. I'm like, I remember that day, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and so I'm taking these T-shirts off, and don't tell her, she may not be able to hear me back in little life. Um, I took them off the hanger, confess and be healed, in front of a great cloud of witnesses. And uh, I just folded them up and put them in the drawer. <laughs> and then I hung, up, <laughs> I hung up the other 10 shirts, and and that's what happened, okay? And I just, I had to get it off my chest. Kendra, when you see this, I'm sorry. I need help. I need help. I need that lady from the TV show to come, y'all know? She comes and she says, does this spark joy for you? Have y'all known what I'm talking about? Yes, it does, Marie Kondo. It does spark joy, okay? <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google, all right? And, and those who are laughing, y'all are guilty as charged, all right? I want to ask you something today. Is there anything in your life that instead of getting rid of it, instead of putting it in a bag to leave your home, you just folded it up a little bit neatly and kind of tucked it away for another day? Is there anything that God has asked you to rid yourselves of, envy, malice, slander, anything that's of this world that you are just kind of neatly folding and putting away just in case I need it later? I think we do this without realizing it. And I want to tell you that for you to become all that God's calling you to be, for you to grow the way that God wants you to grow this summer, which is all of us, For you to grow the way he wants you to grow, you've got to get rid of some things that are holding you back. You've got to get rid of it for you to fully receive God's word in your heart. Did you know that your heart has to be in the right posture? Scripture says that your heart is like soil. If it is not in a good place, it does not receive the word of God, which is the seed. And so I've talked with a lot of people, thankfully not a lot recently, but since I've been in ministry for almost 10 years, I've talked with a lot of people. And they're like, well, I just don't get anything out of the word. And I always, my first question is, how how is your heart? What's the position of your heart? Is there things that are tucked away in your heart that are preventing you from hearing the word of God and being transformed by it? Because everybody hears the same message, but not everybody has the same actions. Did y'all know this? And so let me ask you this morning, how is your heart? And here's the most beautiful thing about this is you can pray right now in this moment. Right now you can say, Lord, would you soften my heart? I want to turn from sin in my life. Would you you rid my, my, my heart of any distraction, any ill will, any evil intent? And when the the word of God is spoken, your heart is ready to receive it. I just want to encourage you to do that. Then it says, like newborn babies crave pure, here's that word again, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. This is a desire. This word crave and desire that's used here in another translation, this is the way that an animal pants after water. In the psalm, when it says, as a deer pants for the water, my heart thirsts and it hungers and it longs for you, Lord. I want to ask you, is your heart in a position to where it is longing after the things of God? A baby naturally has an instinct inside of them that longs for their mother's milk. Just as a good Christian, as someone who is wanting to receive the word of God, you have a, there's something inside of you that's just longing for more of God, because, you know, if you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just want more and you want more and more of it that you would grow up in your salvation. It says in 1 Corinthians, Paul is actually rebuking the church. You can read about it. First Corinthians, he rebukes the church for only wanting the milk. And this is what he says, you can't just have milk, you need to crave the meat. I thought about having some milk and a steak on stage today, but it was just too much. And raw meat, you know, you just, I, I'm, I'm hungry by second service, I'd probably try to eat, okay? You, you can't just crave the milk. You can't just crave the simple things and the fundamental truths of God's word. You can't get rid of those things, but you can't just have those things. This is an invitation to change. This is an invitation to grow. And automatically in the room, I could feel It's like a tension. Me, grow? Me, I've been living for God for a long time. And tomorrow is another day. And God wants you to take another step closer to him. What is the meat of God's word? I want to encourage you. You cannot grow in your relationship with God without the word of God. And if you try to do it, I'm just going to say, good luck, baby. Because it is, it is extremely difficult. I would say it's impossible. I want you to write this down. This summer, I want you to set a time. I want you to pick a place, and I want you to open your Bible. And I want to encourage every human under the sound of my voice to own a physical Bible. If you don't want to buy one, we have already purchased them for you. They're in the foyer. They're at the welcome bar. We've already given out, I think, 60 Bibles since we've been here. My goal is to give out Bibles every single Sunday. Your phone is great, but your Bible doesn't get notifications that will distract you, okay? Can I get an amen, somebody? There's something beautiful about marking up your Bible. Don't be faking it, though. Don't be in there with the highlighter trying to open it and show people, yeah, you see what I'm doing, okay? Like, get a Bible. And this is what you do. You set a time, you pick a place, and you go in that time, in that place, and you open the Word of God, and you read it. And you invite the Lord to search your heart. You invite God to speak to you. If you don't know where to start, come talk to me. I will help you. Start in Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew this summer. We're going to study the book of Matthew. Download the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. It will push you plans and devotions and help you grow. It will help you grow. I want to say this, too. You can't just eat, eat, eat the word. You can't just eat, 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 and, and taking in its nourishment, but fail to exercise it. Have you all ever met someone who just eats the word, and they become kind of like oh, spiritually obese, and they never really go do what they're reading and studying? You all know what I'm talking about? I was in Bible school with a lot of people like this, and I'm like, I would have never known you were a believer just by the way you look at me. You know, like it's not very nice. Like you, you can't just eat of the word and not, not exercise it. But also, the same is true, you can't exercise and just exercise without taking in proper nourishment. And I've heard from a friend, I don't know this, but the same is true about you getting in shape physically, okay? You can't go just work out and eat like garbage. You have to do both. You have to take in the word of God, and you have to do what it says. Last week, we talked about in James that we don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be what? Doers of the word. I want to read it, and I want to do what it says. In verse 3, now that you've tasted that the Lord is good, have y'all ever tasted of God's goodness? I, I used an example this week. I was laughing. Sushi, okay? Anybody like sushi here today? Uh, yeah, some sushi people. I haven't had sushi up here yet. Y'all going to have to give me the, the rundown of the spots. There's something about moving deeper into the deeper things of God. It's like sushi. When you first start eating sushi, what do you get? You get the deep-fried tempura roll it's safe right it's the beginner it's like i'm just gonna step out you know you're eating something fried it's like none of it's raw and then you move into a place where you get the everything is raw roll i don't know what it's called but that's what it is coffee is the same way there's people in this room right now and you need to repent you've used 95 creamer <laughs> and five percent coffee and i want you to know i am judging you all right There is something different about going from that, moving to drinking real coffee. Can I get an amen from anybody that drinks black coffee, okay? There's something different. It's like you're getting the full experience, not just sugar water. Like It's the same way with steak. Y'all know where this is going. If you eat a well-done steak, you're missing out. I like it medium, okay? I hadn't found a good steak up here yet, and I'm convinced that if you get a steak that's well done, you ain't here, well done, good and faithful servant, okay? Like, That's not biblical, all right? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm joking. But y'all hear me on this. There's something about moving from the shallow end of the pool to the deep end. My prayer is that you would move from the shallow things of the faith. Maybe you're in the deep, and I want to encourage you to keep swimming. But God is wanting us to grow closer to Him. He's wanting us to grow closer to Him. Hebrews 6, therefore... Let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. There's something beautiful about taking steps with Jesus. And it says, as you come to him, this is a process, verse 4, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God. It's precious to him. And you also, like living stones, are being built. Everybody say being built. This is a process. God is building something inside of you into a spiritual house to be a a holy priesthood. Jesus is the living cornerstone. I just want to break this down. Jesus is the cornerstone. We are the living stones. He's painting a picture. He is the cornerstone and everything is built off of that. If your life is built off of anything else that is not the cornerstone, the living stone of Jesus, I'm telling you, it is only a matter of time before it crumbles. I've been there. I've done it. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. He says, build your lives on me. He's building a spiritual house. This is the body of Christ. Every stone has its place and every stone plays such a valuable part. Did you know that you have a a part to play? You have a part to play in this entire thing with building the church. I'll say it this way. When you become active in the church, you no longer just attend church. You are the church. You take Jesus everywhere you go. This isn't just something that we come and attend. This is what we come and we celebrate. I've told y'all what God does Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. On Sunday, we worship God for all his goodness, his faithfulness, and his mercy in what he has done. And then we wash and we repeat. Can I invite you guys to be a part of what God is doing in this place? We have Connect class coming up June fir- or June 5th, next Sunday, 5 p.m. at night. You're going to get a free meal can I get an amen? And y'all, We're just going to talk to you all. We're going to talk to you about the values of the church, explain to you we're not a cult, explain to you this, this is a, what we're doing, this is our values, this is what we believe, this is how the church started, and then me and Kendra can answer questions that you have. We would love for you to come. Write this down. We're about to finish up. God builds, and we worship him. God does the building, and we do the worshiping. You are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices. I want you to write that down, circle it in your notes, underline it. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, offering spiritual sacrifices. I read that and I was like, what in the world does that mean? God does the building, we do the worshiping. What's dangerous is when you get into a place where you think you're doing the building and then you want to be worshipped. And we live in a culture that says, build yourself a platform, stand on it, and then people will praise you. That is a very dangerous way to live your life. God does the what? The building, and we do the the worshiping. How do we worship? We offer sacrifices that are a holy, pleasing aroma to Christ. The scripture goes through a list of them. We, We worship him with our bodies. Romans tells us that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. Everything that we do in our life with our bodies, it's an act of worship. If it says, if you do it unto the Lord. The next one, we worship God with our thanks and our praise. We're about to do that here in a second. Hebrews 13, it says, continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of your lips, giving praise to his name. Some of y'all are way better at doing this than others, okay? This is not my gift at worship and and singing unto the Lord, he says, to make a joyful noise. Mine's not always joyful, okay? This is an act of worship. The next one, it says, uh, are acts of love. It says in Hebrews 13, do not neglect doing good and sharing for which such sacrifices God is pleased. Psalm 51 I love this verse 16 it says you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it you don't take pleasure in burnt offerings the sacrifices of God are what a broken spirit and a contrite heart oh God you you will not despise these things what does this mean to have a broken spirit and a contrite heart this means you're in a position for God to do a miracle This is what it means to be broken and contrite. This is when a person's will has been broken and they no longer return to what they want, but they surrender to what God wants. This is not popular preaching in today's culture, just so you know. A broken and contrite heart is saying, I no longer want my will, but I want God's will. A broken heart and a broken spirit says I no longer do things on my own terms, but they're on God's terms. It's when God has the final say-so, not you, not me. It's, It's ultimately up to the Lord. God desires a humble servant willing to say yes to him. It goes on in scripture and it basically is saying that Jesus is either the cornerstone of your life or he is in the corner of your life. He is either what you have built your life upon or you have built your life upon yourself. And I'm just telling you from failure after failure and failure in my own life, it is not worth building your life upon you. We are really bad at being God's. God's really good at being God. Build your life upon him. It says that that these people they've stumbled because they disobeyed the message, which is also what they were destined for. Verse nine, it gets really good. But, everybody say, but. You are a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you would declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the light. He called you out of darkness and into the light. If you would go ahead and stand to your feet, we're about to worship God. Are you thankful today that we serve a God that called us out of darkness and into wonderful light? It goes on to say in verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I I don't know about you, but I'm a work in progress. And I take pride in that. Out with the old and in with the new, God does the building and we do the what? The worshiping. But this last part, I just wanted to put this in here because I think you'll remember it. Never forget your butt, okay? Never forget your butt. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't forget your butt, okay? (laughs) Never forget your butt. This is what this means. I think sometimes we can grow in our faith, become mature in our faith, and we can forget our butt. We can forget the thing that's on the other side of the butt. We can forget the thing that God rescued us from. We can forget the thing that God healed us from, and then we so quickly judge someone that's dealing with the same thing. This is the world that we live in. As sinful humans, what we received is the grace of God, but what we deserved is hell in the grave. I I gotta explain this, but is a conjunction. It's used to introduce a clause. It, It stands between what could have happened and what actually happened. But is the greatest conjunction ever known to man. But is the grace of God in your life. This is what could have happened, but God. This is what should have happened, but God. This is what could have happened to your kids or your family or your finances or whatever it may be. But did you know that it is the grace of God in your life? But once you were, uh, you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The guy who wrote this book in the Bible, his name's Peter. Did y'all know that he had a butt? (laughs) The guy holding a microphone and Andrew up here, we both got butts, okay? Don't, just stay with me. Every person that had a butt in a seat today has a butt. It's the grace of God in your life. I hope you remember this for the rest of your life. It's the grace of God. It's, It's not what happened, but it's what It's not what could have been. It's not what should have been. It's it's the grace of God. I I wanna say this statement and then I wanna pray for you. The, The grace of God is a free gift, but growth in your salvation will cost you something. I'm gonna say it again. The grace of God is a free gift. You can't do anything to earn it. You can't achieve it. It is a gift from God, but if you want to grow, it's gonna cost you something. And I just wanna ask you this morning to count the cost of following Christ and make it a point this summer to grow closer to him. Can we do that? Let's do that. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for your grace. This is not a sexy message. This is not one that everybody's super pumped about and excited, but we recognize that we need more of you and less of ourselves. God, we live in a world that's saying the opposite. More of you, more of you, more of you. All you need is you. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you wanna be. No, we need more of God and we need less of ourselves. We need the grace of God, the greatest conjunction known to humanity, that we deserved hell in the grave. But because of your grace, we get to experience eternal life when we turn from our sin and we worship you. We make you the Lord of our life. God, I pray for anyone in this room that is struggling in their walk with you, would you help them grow? Would you help them take steps this year? This summer, God, I pray that they would have more growth spiritually, that you would light a flame inside of their gut that you cannot put out. God, I pray that they would have a desire and a longing for your word, for your spirit, and for your church in Jesus' name all God's people said.